How do you make insurance sexy? Today on the Pollinator Podcast, we have one of the most interesting and yet humble insurance salespeople that you have ever met in your life. He's actually highly involved in his family's agency and has taken a very disrupting uh, approach to the service and sale of insurance products. Uh, he's actually a uh, fell in love with the, the industry so early on that uh, he never actually even finished high school. And uh, he can tell us more about that and how he's uh, been able to adjust his education into now educating others and, uh, and marrying up along the way. So Alexander DePazzo, thank you very much for being here today. Thank you very much for having me. Well, glad. Thank you very much for, for that, that uh, awesome intro. Uh, it's always kind of hard to hear yourself be introed. Well, it is. Uh, it, it's, it, it, it is. And I, I, I share the, uh, you know, the same uh, you know, malady that, uh, that, that many of us do, if, it is, if we could call it that. But, you know, I think it is, is true because, you know, uh, early on we were talking and I'm like, you know, tell me something, you know, fun, a hobby. and, and you're sitting saying like, oh, I, you know, just, I just love my work. I don't have any, any fun hobbies. And, and then all of a sudden, all these other interesting things actually do come out. And uh, you know, it's, it's very common that we downplay those. But humility is a, a great feature in, uh, in doing this. And uh, your willingness to, to serve people has been evident. We met in a uh, networking group, South Florida Professionals, and uh, an online group doing uh, you know, engagements just like this, where you know, online Zoom meetings. And, you know, it, it immediately stuck out to, to me that, that you were doing things different because I've, I've dealt with a lot of uh, folks and, and know plenty of, of great folks that are insurance brokers and, and, and agents and can you know, serve a policy or, or do all those things. But, you know, you immediately stuck out because, like, you have a studio in your uh, in your office and uh, you got the setup and the rig and like you know, when people talk about like, oh, I really take time to educate my clients. No, like you really take time to educate your clients, potential clients, anybody that can be out there. And you know, so that that immediately stuck out to me. And, and you take a, a very different approach to the the traditional the traditional sales approach for, for insurance, something that's been very it, sales heavy. Like we're just going to go get out there and cold call and pound the pavement and knock on doors and, and you know, do all the, all, all those things. And, and, and so I, I just really wanted to have you on because normally we have on folks that are talking about, you know, marketing or sales tactics and, and are, you know, are people who can kind of provide those or are kind of expert in this, but you're, you're a utilizer and, and you know, you're, you're not in that industry. You're not selling any kind of, service uh, around marketing sales, but you've really adopted it and become wanting to see a, uh, a master in, in actually applying it. So I kind of wanted to hear maybe your stories from somebody who's down in the trenches, you know, applying these things around content and branding and, and everything else. But I'll, I'll be quiet now and, and just ask you to, to explain this concept, the big lesson that you said that you, know, you have to disrupt the normal patterns. And maybe you can jump in and tell everybody what that means. Well, I, again, thanks very much for the kind words. I mean, you're, you're right. I, I didn't graduate high school. I, I did get my GED. My, my, I've been with my wife long enough uh, that she made me get that uh, to finish that off. Um, and my father, who was in a completely different industry, decided to open an insurance agency because uh, someone told him that he'd be good at it. 
Um, and he obviously has been. And, and so he opened an agency a little while later, needed some help. Uh, being a good Cuban son, free labor was, you know, part of the part of the deal. And uh, and so, uh, you know, he had worked with his father in a different industry, manufacturing, clothing manufacturing, to be exact. And um, he, you know, said, hey, if you don't like working with dad, I know what that's like. At least you'll have a license and you can do something with that. Ended up getting my license and fell in love with the insurance industry. So though I didn't maybe get a formal training, I have sure uh, gotten a lot of training in running a business, being a third generation business owner at this point, uh, got a lot of education that, that's available within our industry about how insurance works and this and, 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 and how, how that concept works. And, I, and I'll tell you that the biggest fallacy that people have, the, the, I think the biggest uh, disruption I want to make in the industry really is that insurance is not something that should be sold. It's something that should be bought. Um, there's so much around the sales and the hitting of the pavement and the, the process, the psychology behind convincing a third party to do a thing in our industry. And the reality is, is I think that's part of the reason there's so much, uh, you know, disenchantment, right, with, with the process, right? Because what's being sold on Sundays after, you know, during football games may not necessarily be the experience that they're having when they have the loss. Uh, and, and it's because there's a huge disconnect between those two. So uh, we learned early on um, that uh, talking to you know clients and prospective clients that we, we didn't do very well with the one-to-one people buying cars or houses, which is a lot of also common uh, for insurance. But my dad being a business owner since he was 21, um, really understood the small business owner. I learned obviously from him, uh, so I got to learn all of those concepts. And so we, we learned that there was a, a niche for us, an opportunity for us to provide some of that 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 hard earned experience, that dummy tax, if you will, uh, that we've already paid, providing that to other people, and at the same time through that education, finding that customer that's going to be sticky enough to really help this business be profitable. And um, and and so there's a couple of different ways. I mean, that was our mindset from the beginning, right? So we kind of had a fertile soil, <laughs> to use a a farming analogy. Uh, I know you do, and uh, to be able to innovate and or to create, you know, alternative ways of of generating business. Neither of us are door knockers either. Um, we we aren't the type of folks who are going to like show up and be the ones that are like, you know, off all the slick moves and all the right sales. It just not wasn't our style. Or even just that that tenacity. What was that? Oh, what was that guy? It was more life insurance. Uh, old Art. And he's got plenty of clips, and uh, you know, we know folks who in the, the companies that he started, but um, Art Williams, I think, was his name. But he has that story. You get up in the are like, oh, you you can be successful, and, you know, if you just go out and knock on sixty doors a day and just just say, you don't want any life insurance, do you? <laughs> and uh, eventually, somebody's going to say, actually, come right in. I, 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 I need life insurance. But it like, is a numbers game, and and insurance is all about the numbers, right? Well, and, uh, and, and that's what they say. But it's like I'm, I'm listening to that. I'm like, yeah, I I get what you're saying. Like, you know. God bless anybody who has that kind of uh, tenacity. Mm-hmm. But I'm not even sure that, you know, that would work. Like you go knock on six doors, you know, today randomly. And like, you know, people don't answer the door for anybody today. Well, we were, we realized that the story of what we do was not being told by us. Right. It was, it, it so it was being told by a completely different group of people, companies with larger budgets, 
people's past experiences, whether right or wrong. That's what was telling our story. And so we, we decided pretty early on that we needed to, to, to change that mindset, at least with our customers, so that we could be more successful, right? Because, you know, I, I joke around with some of my, fo- my friends in the industry who, you know, belong to larger uh, organizations like State Farm. It's like no one wakes up in the morning and says, hey, I need insurance. Let me call Deposo. Like, that's just not necessarily that first thing where they have seen 50 State Farm commercials, 14 bus benches. Uh, you know, have been stalked on Google because they thought insurance uh, for the last 15 minutes. Uh, and so it, we needed to be able to create a, a little bit of a different story. And we were, I was blessed to have a pretty negative experience as my first insurance experience. Uh, so the, the my first opportunity, my first let's get out there and try to get some business was uh, with my, ha- my health and life license. I went to Miami-Dade, uh, Miami-Dade College, which is right next to me right now. And uh, I put up one of those little flyers with the little, you know, you cut it with the scissors and it's got your phone number on it. Get off. It's like, hey, you need health insurance. I can help. And someone took one of those off and gave me a call. Uh, this was 1997, by the way, or 1998. And, um, I, you know, I took the call, talked about the coverage, explained the pricing, this, that, or the other. And the last question the person asked me was, do I have a website? And I said, no. And they hung up the phone. In 1997, like, yeah. Right. So this is before it was the, the expectation of actually having a website was, was really a thing. Um, but man, I, that we had the, the domain purchased the following day, the, the website up. I mean, it was terrible, but the website was up the following week. And um, my dad always was willing to invest in, in opportunities that were efficient uh, to, to reach other people. And so the idea of the website really appealed to him. Um, and, and so, you know, we started that journey of, of starting to reach people through search engine, what, what would become commonly known as search engine optimization, uh, you know, what it was to have, you know, a, a library of information available to people 24 hours a day, uh, you know, answering people's questions and, and doing that. But it all started with that one rejection, right? That one person who just hung up the phone and said, I'm not doing business with you because you don't have a website. So let, let's kind of shift into that because I'd like to to learn more because you know a lot of people are doing that and everybody talks about you know, SEO or, or creating content and I think that's you know the biggest distinction right that that we've been able to, to see. Yeah, like you've put a lot of people and I see you know these conferences. I, I've seen guys like you know, Gary Vaynerchuk at, uh, you know, the big agent conferences and keeps telling everybody to, to make all this content and everybody's like, yeah, yeah. And they go out and they like, you know, shoot two videos over the next two days and then like it's back to everything else. And then they, they, they you know, there, there's no, no going power. It's kind of like, you know, kids going to church camp or something like that. Right. And, but the, like you, you've been able to do it. Like you've been different. It, it's not just like a fad or an idea or like this, you know, good thought. Like, like you've been dedicated to to doing this early on, and, and you know, I, being a a former school teacher and you know, my degrees in education. Like when you said, "Oh, you've got to disrupt the patterns," I'm like, "Yes, you know, cognitive dissonance, create a felt need, like all of these things." And I think like those, that's like a fundamental understanding that a lot of people don't get, because a lot of people that I see, and even like in our our organizations that that we mutually belong to or are in, in all kinds of other places. Like the biggest problem around creating content is well, what do I say? 
right? What, what am I going to, to put out there? And you know, that, that, is, that is the hardest part, right? The, the hardest part is what do you say? So, so when we started, when we decided that this was an avenue we're gonna go by, right? We were faced with the advertising budgets of Geico, of State Farm, of you know, Nationwide, and all of these companies. Who were, well, even back in the day, well over a billion dollars a year, right? How is this you know, son and father agency going to compete? Well, we decided, well, we're just not going to compete because we won't win. So then where can we win? What are the places that they're not fishing in? Right? Where, where, what lakes are they not fishing in and where, how could we take advantage of that? So we started to learn and it did help that my brother was a hardware programmer turned software programmer. Uh, and he had a good understanding of of how to you know uh, how the algorithms would work and, and and that kind of pattern would be. So he he would help us and has helped us and still helps us today. Um, but we started going after what most people call medium to long tail keywords, which is basically saying, as opposed to trying to find people who want insurance, I try to find sales consultants in the Orlando area who are looking for professional liability. Now that sounds crazy. Because it's like, well, how many of them can there be? Well, okay, not very many. But what if I didn't only limit it to that one set of keywords? What if I added 10 more that were slightly similar? Uh, business coaches in the Orlando area, uh, you know, uh, accountants in the Orlando Just now, now if I have 15 or 20 of those, all of a sudden I get one lead here, one lead there, a third lead here. And we found that we more questions we answered in their language, right? So this was also very important to us. We weren't we weren't talking about insurance. We've we're and I and I try not to talk about insurance. I'm talking about business, right? Insurance is a part of your business, and how what does that mean, right? And that's where the where I think the cognitive dissonance changes, because a lot of folks are like, well, I got to buy a thing, I have to fulfill a contract, I have to get this to the landlord. The licensing entity is asking me for it, whatever that is. And then again, at the end, of, at, the, at the claim time, they're upset, right? Because it just didn't do what they thought it would. Um, so by starting the conversation of uh, as a, hey, insurance is not uh, what, you know, something that you're going to just set and forget. Insurance is an integral part of your business, an investment, no different than stock is, no different than equipment. It's an investment in, in keeping your business going. Let's talk about how to do that. That alone started to create opportunities for us to come up with ideas to talk about. And, and so then we would start answering those questions from their perspective and in their language. I don't use acronyms as at least as I possibly can. In fact, I, I probably over underuse them, if that makes sense. Is what I'm, you know, I, I don't use them enough I, because I never want to assume anyone knows what any of them mean under any circumstances. And, and when I'm talking about insurance, I try to use practical examples in their businesses, in their lives that are going to hopefully make those, those, ne those mental connections. And by thinking about it that way, it really has given me an infinite amount of content to build off. Well, and that, that's such a key thing, right? And, and I, so there's this, this concept or analogy that, that we use, and it's the, uh, the uh, fruit salad tree, right? And so there, you can buy these trees, at, and you can go to, to, to nurseries, and, and fruits that are of the same type, like they're closely related, like citrus fruits or uh, uh, stone fruits like peaches and cherries and apricots and stuff, 
you can graft those onto the same tree and they'll generally take, and you can have one tree that produces multiple types of fruit. So you can have lemons and limes and oranges all off of this one tree. And it's because, you know, they're, they're all related. It's basically the same thing. And what I, what I have to, to remind so many of, of my clients and, and people and, you know, like you in, in, a, in an, uh, an industry where you're providing this service, but you can provide it to a wide variety of, of potential clients, right? You can provide it to restaurants. You can provide it to consultants. You can provide it to law firms. You can provide it to doctors, you know, all of, of those things, just professional service providers, right? And just professional uh, liability insurance. But that's different for, it's different to an architect, to a doctor, to a dentist, to a lawyer, to a, a consultant, to a, an accountant. It means something right? specific to each of those. Even though from your standpoint, it's basically the same, right? Like you can offer mm -hmm. all of these things coming from one agency, one branch, really, one line of business. But to those individuals, if you are talking about it as you know, like, like, oh, this tree or like, you know, here's a trunk. of Nobody wants a trunk of a tree. Like they want the fruit that's at the end of it. And if they want a lemon for something, you can't give them an orange. And you can't say like, well, it's all citrus and it all grew off the same tree. They don't care. They wanted a lemon. And you need to create content that speaks to the doctor or to the lawyer. And even if you're dealing with lawyer, we have a lot of, of, of attorneys. And I cannot speak to family law attorneys the same way that I speak to business attorneys. Because here is a, a, a contractual thing that's much more by the, the, the numbers. It's a business decision. It's um, you know B to C, whereas family law is super highly emotional. And, you know, it's B to C, completely different clientele, and so even the attorneys start to uh, uh, adapt and adopt different things. And so we have to talk about those things. So the more you can parse down your potential audience and 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 really come up with all those the the, the little sub niches or those little avatars, create content for all of them. And people get freaked out by that because then it's like, all right, on one hand, they were saying like, oh, you know, I, I don't know what to talk about. There's not enough to talk about. And then all of a sudden you open your eyes to that. And they're like, oh, that's that's just too much. Way too much. You, you open the fire hose. Going to. It's like, well, all you got to do is one piece, just one thing a day, just one piece a day. If there's one piece of advice I can give people that I think is so, I mean, it helped me a, a, a huge amount, which is just get started. You know, it, I have like a whole pretty detailed like description and plan of what my current content plan is and what that looks like and this, that, and the other. It didn't, it wasn't birthed that way. <laughs> it wasn't, it was, it was literally first a bunch of ask, asking questions on a, uh, and answering questions on a website. Then it became adding pictures and then it became blog style conversations and then it became videos. And then those videos became series and then those series and it was this entire evolution uh that if you look at the finished product today you're like wow that looks you know that was different than what i expected but it wasn't it wasn't day one day one i got hung up on there you go and and so i, I took that pattern interrupt right i took that moment that someone jarred my me out of place i was like i i since then i have never once been told that they don't want to do business with me due to a technological issue, right? Like that's never happened again. Um, but, but that first time 
made me think about how I'm going to approach that. And always looking at it from the client's perspective has been, if I can say a superpower, but that's been our superpower. Because you're not incorrect that there's an infinite amount of sub uh, opportunities within larger umbrellas of different types of businesses. And each one has their own story. And then if you go deeper and you talk to the actual business owner, you have a whole history as to why their business is where they is, what, what decisions they made, how they've flowed through it. And so as you're learning about that and talking with them, you would be surprised how, how many opportunities to say, hey, have you thought about this coverage because you could avoid that again? Or, hey, have you, let me pass you on to an attorney because you could spend insurance dollars on that, but I don't think it's going to do the thing you're look, you're expecting. Let me pass you on to an attorney to help you find other ways to mitigate that. Um, and, 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 and build that even further. And each one of those again becomes a content opportunity. Yep. And so it, it, it's important to just start. Just start, tell stories, answer questions. Don't worry about your story. You're, you'll tell your story by telling other people's stories. That, right. I'm, I'm, I used to do this thing in my office when we had a storefront where I, uh, once a week I would sit at the, at the chair that we have up front for customers to sit in when they were waiting. Um, and I would sit there and, you know, the receptionist would look at me and say, like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm trying to see it from the customer's perspective. Um, because what I think doesn't matter. <laughs> not, not as far as the sales process is concerned, not as far as actually helping my customer, not as far as at the end of the day, what I know can help them. But what I think isn't going to get me where we both want to go. So I'm always just, you know, trying to consider their perspective. And that's helped me over time of practice, there's a terrible amount of content I have created, just just atrocious amounts of content that I've created, but it's also helped me polish how I help those customers, right? Uh, over the and years. That, that, that's part of it, right? You know, that refinement of that process, building that muscle. You know, I was helping somebody earlier today with uh, kind of their a networking introduction and you know, they're just like, Oh, you do this so fast. And, and you know, he immediately recognized like, yeah, cause you, you do this all the time. I'm like, right. You know, when you run into burning buildings as a fireman, like, like I'm sure that looks really easy too. Right. If I'm looking not at to it. them, but not to, to them, me, right? yeah. not to me, not, not to, to me. me, but you have to, to go through it. So all of us, like none of us were great at walking when we first started, like we fell on our rear ends, like constantly, but we kept getting up and kept walking. Right. Because we saw the, the, the value in it. So there's opportunity, right? The, the growth that, that comes from it, both personally and obviously as far as the business is concerned. And then obviously that led to creating content that I did like to do, you know, and I have some fun stuff. And cutting, cutting to, to get there. But I think it's valuable for, for you to, to bring that up, that you've got to get started. You've got to be willing to, to make the, the ugly stuff to, to get to the, the stuff that you like. And, and again, I, I think the, the key thing that, and you could, I, I don't want to get glossed over in this and, and why I'm really glad to, to hear you talk about it is so many people that are out there trying to sell stuff, you know, because everybody sees them, right? You scroll through social and, and like every other sponsored ad, you know, might be somebody trying to pitch something. Or if you're a business owner, certainly like if you're, I've been identified by Facebook as a uh, small business owner, like 
you're getting some pitch on this is the greatest way to market your business. We can generate all these. This leads. is the masterclass you should take for this. This is Absolutely. how you should. Absolutely. I scaled up this and you know, all you have to do now is take my course and you'll be able to do it in the next 30 days, right? Make a million dollars. And I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and, you know, so I, I certainly see that from the, from the marketing side point, it's just like the insurance, right? Like people are just like, you know, it's people might, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like you know, there, there used to be a joke that like, if you didn't want anybody to talk to you at a networking event, just tell them that you're an insurance. You know. Oh, I, hey, I, 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 my joke is always when people ask me what I do for a living is I say, <laughs> it, 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 it is, it, people do not want to talk about it. It is not a, it, we say it a lot in the industry that it's not sexy, right? Insurance is just isn't sexy. But that's the problem is, is that our mindset as how we're having that conversation is probably a little skewed because, yeah, it's not sexy, but it's absolutely essential. Potatoes aren't sexy, but people can do some amazing things with them. Yeah, they, I had an accountant. I had an accountant as a uh, as a client once and uh, we did a whole campaign and just bought just buried into that like oatmeal isn't sexy either like but it's very good for you and like good accounting is good for your business and uh and, you know he actually made little bags of of oatmeal and and you know put it up the brand on it and everything else a little promotional product but it, it stuck to that and so people don't like you know talking to marketers people don't like talking you know insurance because you know like I say it's not sexy but it's not necessarily about being sexy everything doesn't have to be sexy and and appealing but there there is a desire for certain things people do want security i think people do want protection and i love the way that that you position insurance not as like this thing that you have like it's not just this compliance issue like this thing that you have to have like it is a a tool for protecting things and since i, I you know, grew up on the farm handy and, and stuff like i I really kind of dug into that. Like you said that and like, it just said a, a, it, it set off like a whole chain of uh, events for, for me to think about. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, this is like an armored conduit for, for electrical, you know, like, like nobody you know, really cares about the, the conduit. They want the electricity, but they know they better protect it or cause one little nick and all of a sudden something else is. And so, and it's building those, those interrupts into what they already expect the process to be like that has given us opportunity in places that we otherwise wouldn't have had. I, the best compliment I think I've ever gotten um, came from a mutual friend actually. And she said to me that you are unlike any insurance agent I have ever met. Um, and, and what she meant was that the way I present insurance is to her at least interesting where she would never have thought that she would think that she would use the words interesting and insurance in the same sentence. So, so building those opportunities and, and, and a lot of times it has nothing to do with insurance um, for me. Right. So as opposed to marketing the thing that I do, sometimes it's a, it's a fun to market things that are kind of sideways to what I do. So, you, you know, I do the small business coffee break. Um, the small business coffee break was me sitting down thinking, I just can't make videos about insurance because I think I make them and I think they're boring as all I have. I need to find a way to talk about something else. And then, you know, people call me and ask me all kinds of questions 
that I have absolutely no reason to answer because I'm not a professional in that field. But because insurance agents are trained in reading contracts, sometimes people get confused and kind of throw us in as, you know, what I call the poor man's lawyer. But we can get in a lot of trouble <laughs> by acting as the poor man's lawyer. So I, I, I don't. And, and what I said was, well, what, what kind of value can I bring to my business customers? Because those are the customers I'm looking for, right? Those are the ones I'm most successful with. It's the one that my business makes the most amount of money from. And, and I decided to start interviewing those, those professionals, right? CPA, lawyers, social media individuals, coaches, uh, real estate individuals. I mean, uh, a, a plethora of them and asking them the questions I got asked all the time. And I would be the layman. They are the professional. And we just have this honest conversation. And then I take that and I break it up, you know, take a 45 minute or so conversation, break it up into individual questions and release them once a week as the small business coffee break, you know, video series where you take a few minutes to work on your business, not just in it. And, and, and that process, forget what I get from the actual SEO and the people who see it and all that jazz. The fact that I did it, has created so much opportunity for me because when I start talking at networking events, I almost never start talking about insurance. Someone else generally begins the conversation about, have you watched his web series about the small business companies? I get to talk about how I interview professionals, how I provide value to my customers, how that's a very big focus for what we do and this, that, and the other. Oh, and by the way, I make money by helping people place insurance products. <laughs> By protecting their cash flow. I protect their cash flow. And I say it that way because that's what people care about. My customer does not care about the premium, how the policy reads. An insurance policy has a has something called an insuring clause in them. All of them do. It's usually about 200 or so words. All 79 other pages are changing those 200 words, right? It's an extremely complex product, Okay. Well, how many people know how a bulletproof vest actually works? How many people how many people know whether or not the bulletproof vest will actually work when they put it on? Well, there's an even deeper question, right? They just right. assume that it's going to to, to be do there. the thing. Understand. They don't understand the, uh, the 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 chemistry or the uh, the material science of Kevlar. They just know what it's supposed to do, right? And they're 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 going to have it. And that's what Sure. And that's what they trust, right? They trust that somebody else has done the testing, that somebody else has done, you know, someone else has paid the dummy tax and that it's supposed to work. I want to talk about, though, the before, because I know we can go off on, on analogies you know, for the, the whole time. But, you know, you, you talked about the, you know, the big guys out there, you know, multinational uh, uh, or not, maybe not multinational, but whatever, huge billion dollar uh, carriers out there. And, um you know, State Farm, Allstate, Geico, all the all the big ones that you see all the commercials for. And, you know, they all run these consistent brand recognition campaigns. And, you know, it's something that 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 we've talked about and, and I've I, I think you're this great example of and you just brought it up and, and highlights it. There's and, you know, if you listen to, to guys like out of the, the Dan Kennedy school, they would say that, you know, small business can't do brand recognition because, you know, they everything's got to be like direct response. Like, you know, you've got to you got to put a dollar in and get a dollar out. And, you know, 
And I think that used to be very true because brand recognition was mass media, right? Like, you know, you, there, there wasn't a lot you could do, but now like you're, you're proving now that the whole idea of brand recognition is, is shifting. And those guys that are spending, you know, millions and millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads, like, yeah, they're there. People know that they're there, but it's like the more inundated people are becoming with all of those messages and all of these things, like the more confusing it becomes. And so it goes back to what we are hardwired to do. Who do I know? Who do I like? Who do I trust? And the fact that you can show up to a networking event and somebody recognizes you and says, what your brand really is, here's somebody who cares about business owners and is going to make sure that they have the resources that they need and are protected from all these other things. Like you can't buy with billions of dollars that kind of brand recognition. It, it is possible, uh, you know, just as, a, as an anecdote, because I'm just, I'm actually super proud of this. So I was recently on a podcast, an industry facing podcast. So this wasn't a customer that caught it, but nonetheless, uh, it was an industry facing podcast and the, the, the host was doing like a little, uh, live TikTok thing real quick. And I did not show up in their live story on, on Instagram, but this side of my shirt did and a tiny portion, not the one with my logo, but the tiny portion of my wall showed up on this story on Instagram, on LinkedIn. That same day, I get a congratulations for being on that podcast from a completely unrelated party. And, and I'm like, how did you know I was on the podcast? She's like, I saw your shirt and your background. And it, 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 it was this tiny little piece. It doesn't, no face, no skin tone, nothing. Just shirt, white and black things in the background. And she immediately recognized that that is Alex DePazzo. That is DePazzo Insurance. DePazzo Insurance did this thing. And, and I was like blown away because sometimes, you know, you invest in things and you wonder, are they really working? And, uh, and, 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 and I, I was reminded of the value of doing the thing all the time, right? So consistency builds familiarity, familiarity builds trust, trust builds relationships. That's not a, a new thing. It's not a new time gimmick. I mean, this is biblical. If you want to go back, you know, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's hardwired into creation, right? <laughs> Correct. Right. This is, this is, this is who we are, who we were built to be. Right. And, and so if we use those same concepts in a slightly digital way, it's the same thing for people who used to knock on doors and go to the local chamber, be at the Corey League, uh, you know, uh, championship game. They were doing the same thing, just they weren't doing it with a camera. They were doing well, let's it. Let's say te technology doesn't change things. All it does is make things faster, right? Maybe makes things a little more efficient. And, you know, you think about the you know, the invention of the, the, the printing press, like, did it really change like what, what we did? No, it just changed the efficiency, the scale of, of some things. And, and that's all the social media has really done. People talk about, I, I, I actually get annoyed when people are like, oh, social media is like destroying society. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Like all the vitriol and everything that, that you're seeing out there, that's always been a part of people that, that like tribal nature, all that mess that's there. Now they just have a channel that you can see it. Cause I remember growing up and like, we'd be in our little community and we had like people share same ideas 
And you would hear about like, oh, these people over here, they like believe this thing. You're like, how could people ever believe that? But then like you would hear it and then you go back to your life, right? Now, like your, your universe basically existed in these 150, 200 people in your, your close circle. Now we've expanded that and now you can see that and, and, and people are responding to that, but it hasn't, it hasn't changed anything about human nature and what we are. Agreed. A hundred percent. I, I, I tell the joke that I, the first troll is actually, uh, in the Bible. Um, uh, you know, the first internet troll was there. You don't, you don't recognize them because what it was, was Jesus was on, a, on the Sabbath on a field, uh, and his uh, disciples were picking heads of wheat. Uh, and there was someone there who then ran back to the people in charge and says, they're working on the Sabbath. And I recognize that as no different than the internet troll who has no business watching that video that they know they're going to disagree with, but they decided that what they were going to do was spend 45 minutes of nobody of their time rant, ranting about it. They have always existed. <laughs> and we should do today what Jesus did back then, completely ignore them, uh, you know, that's not part of our mission. It's not who we're trying to grow. You never have to worry about those folks. Some people, one of one of the best sales gimmicks that I've learned was taught to my dad, and my dad taught it to me. And it's some will, some won't. So what? Who's next? And um, and there's a lot of value in that truth. Uh, social media gives us not just the efficiency of being able to tell the same message to a larger audience. It gives us the ability to reach audiences we never had access to prior to today. So then who, you know, if I, if, if we talk about the smallest viable audience, right? Seth, Seth Godin likes to talk about having the smallest number of people who will provide you the largest amount of, of value for the thing you're doing. And that's how you make the most amount of profit, right? So the smallest viable audience in Miami might be one thing. If I go back to Broward, it's a little, you know, if we use statistics, let's just say it doubles. Right. You know, if I head it up to Orlando now, I'm in the four to five times range. Right. If, if I go outside of Florida, how big is that audience, uh, that same audience that I could have been reaching here? How much bigger is that? So, you know, as we we're before, I would get nothing but Florida folks, you know, finding my content and dealing with my content. And over the last year, that has changed dramatically. The number of people landing on my webpage from Minnesota, Wisconsin, California, Texas, uh, the New England, whatever, is increasing. And so I'm starting to you know, think about ways, how am I gonna meet that need? Is there an opportunity here for my business to grow while still providing the same service that I provide to all of my folks in this great state? Um, why not? I mean, what's stopping me from do, being able to offer that? And, and, I'm, and I'm literally finding opportunities that otherwise would have been completely unavailable to me, all while never trying in any way, shape, or form to disparage another human being or another brand or another this or another that. I, you know, I, I, I think that people who, who, you know, carriers who make money off of that volume transaction, hey, they can do it. God bless them. That's amazing. I'm glad. I'm not in the volume game because I don't find satisfaction in helping people through that process. The people who I attract, the, the people who work in our office, which is now, you know, not just me and dad, um, the customers that we have, the, some of them that have been around for 20 plus years, uh, the value we've, we've learned about each other is that we want that community. So we like building that community. 
we we differentiated ourselves as not being of being online and available, but if you call our office, there's always a human being. We structured our business so that everyone here has a stake in every phone call. So the person who answers the phone wants to help resolve your problem on that call. No one is saying, oh, hey, this is somebody else's job, so I'm not going to pass, you know, pass the buck. All of those are, are, are different experiences I know that they get from other people within my industry. And again, not, I'm not saying it's neither good nor bad. I'm just saying I have found the smallest viable audience within that group of people. And because of social media, that group has grown. Right? Because of the internet, the group has grown. So hey, again, this this whole conversation has been just like an excellent breakdown of, of application, uh, right? And I, I definitely would encourage folks to to go check it. Like obviously, if they have any need for insurance, they should reach out to you. But to go and look at the the content that you're creating and just kind of the way that you're you know, applying it. I look forward to, to having one of those conversations with you uh, next time I'm down in uh, Miami and, and can be you know, in the studio since you do it live. I but, do them live. Uh, the the all the the all the links, all the the things will be in the uh, the show notes. But what is if there was like one simple place for people to go, or like one central way for them to to get in contact with you? What would be the best way? The, the really, however they like to do business, uh, whatever social platform, online, if they just type in Depazo Insurance, they will find me, okay? If you go to our website and you start chatting, it's me that you're talking to. If you go to our Instagram, which is Depazo Insurance, you can DM me there, LinkedIn, YouTube, um, where you'll find a, a host of videos, um, you know, both on the insurance education side and some ridiculous and fun things that I've gotten an opportunity to do, you know, along the side, because insurance can be fun. Uh, and, and it all depends on, on the mindset. So if you just open up a web browser, type in Depazo Insurance, you'll find me. If you, if you open up any one of your social platforms, you type in Depazo Insurance, you will find me. Fantastic. Well, I hope that everybody can take these lessons and whether you're in insurance or not, can go and apply them to your business and you'll get your hands dirty, growing something great. Be well.